What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back. Music. Unapologetically. We're not sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. Travis and Adam, back at it again with another episode of the music unapologetically powered by the original Highly Unapologetic, the podcast. I don't know if people knew that. It's offshoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what's going on, man? It's been a minute. It has. Um... Life's life's good, except remember that weird skin thing I had in Denver. Yeah, is it back? It's back. Oh no! But because of that, got more data. Yeah. Okay. As we say, and um, actually, I have a diagnosis now. Oh yeah. It's called cholinergic urticaria. All I heard was colon. Does yep. that have to do with your butthole? It it can. Oh, okay, good. It can. Good. Um, so yeah, so I actually have a specialist appointment on Wednesday. Okay. Hopefully that goes somewhere good. Is um, it going to tell you to give up the nicotine altogether? Actually, it has nothing to do with it. Really? Yeah. It's um, basically your body. Uh, there's four different types, but you know, without getting into any depth, um, basically your body can't regulate temperature well, okay. and so you initially or or ultimately you're allergic to cold weather. Or for some people, like one of the subtypes is they're allergic to hot weather. But when it's cold out, and then I'm, my body acclimates to cold. Yeah. When it goes from switching from cold to hot, it's like an allergic reaction. But then when the hot so during the summer, remember I had no issues. Yeah. Once it's hot, your body acclimates to hot and it stays hot. Yeah. And it's fine with that. That's something to do with the humidity in the air and moisture and skin and things like that. So Man, you're like a you're like a automobile. Mm-hmm. Where you run good during the summer when it's hot, and then mm. once it gets cold, yeah, change the oil. Like, yeah, yeah, like it struggles to start That's and it. turn over. And so what happens is one the the kind that we believe I have is called poral occlusion, which is where your pores don't allow sweat out easily yeah. once it gets cooler. And so what happens is instead of the sweat breaking out of the pore, it, uh-huh. it gets stuck, and then it spreads out in your skin, and it feels like an uh, allergic reaction. Got it. So every morning now, my management strategy is I bought a little portable sauna okay. that I sit in every morning for about 30 minutes. I break a sweat. So in, in the in the CU world, it's called sweat therapy. So you force yourself to sweat. It hurts like hell. Where does one acquire a portable sauna? 
Amazon. Oh, yeah. It was awesome, man. Yeah, it's about the size of a phone booth, little, yeah. but shorter. Uh, Comes with a foldable chair. You can fold this thing down like a wind, like a sun visor for your car. But you can kind a, of twist it. But it's a wet sauna. It's a wet sauna. Uh-huh. Comes with a steamer. Comes with a chair. Uh-huh. Comes with um, a dry mat that you can put, you know, to step on. Um, and then it's all self enclosed and it's all remote and by app. It costs like 170 bucks. It was super cheap. So that was definitely not the price that I expected you to say. That was, yeah, it's way cheaper. Yeah, okay. super cheap. Yeah, yeah. So every morning I get up about 4:30. Um, I go sit in that. I force myself to sweat, and it, it's painful, but it's kind of like uh, you pay your tax for the day. Yeah. So you get in, you sweat. It's it's really painful. You get out, and then I, I dry off, and then I put a lot of like really good medicated lotion on. Okay. And I just keep my skin like super moist. And then in my office and in multiple areas of our house, I have humidifiers to keep the air moist. Okay. And that seems to keep the flare-ups to where, like, I can work out now. Remember, I went through, like, four months. I couldn't work out or anything. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, so I, as long as I, you know, it's, it's a bit of a tedious um, tedious strategy, but so far it's it keeps the flare-ups, you know, about 90% less. I mean, you saw some of the worst ones I ever had. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I've got it, but it's much more manageable with just what strategies I have, but hopefully the specialist has something that's a little, I'm sure that was a surprise. Yeah. Another, another flare up after you thought you had it under control. Well, what's crazy is when I had that first flare up again this year, I, you know, at first it was, you know, obviously the emotions were very like, you know, very, de- you know, woe is me and yeah. depressing kind of thing. And then why was, do I got to do this again? Exactly. And when I actually, I was like, okay, well, I've got more data. I've looked at everything internally, All right. but let's look at my external factors. And so, and I looked in, uh, I looked at the weather, the patterns of weather over the year from when I had it to when I did. And I looked at the temperature, I looked at the humidity, I looked at wind, I looked at everything. And what I found right. was the same week, give or take that I got it the first time we were in, it was the, a drastic drop off in humidity and then it was dry and then in April of this year, when it stopped, the humidity in San Antonio spiked. Yeah. And it was like that kind of through the rest of the spring and summer. And then this year, I got a really bad flare in late October. We had a dry couple of weeks right there. And that's when I had my first spike again. But then we had that, you know, notice it's been kind of rainy. The moisture's yeah. in the air have been a little bit higher and it hasn't been as bad. Right. So it's interesting that it's kind of pinpointed to it's definitely weather related. Yeah. 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 That's wild, so, man. Hopefully we have some answers this week. Yeah. But. That's what I hope for. So let me know. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So what's up with you? Oh, you know, same old, same old. We are gathered here today. <laughs> We're gathered here today to uh It actually is not a bad segue, because you know, you think till death do us part, we don't split up, we don't go different directions or do different things, but today is exactly yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we Last time we were on the mics, we teased an episode of uh, musicians or uh, music artists who have their their main chick and then venture off into the side chick projects. Or decide that life is better solo. Or, you're right. All right. Um and here's the deal. Last last time we recorded, we were talking about the 90s grunge, mm-hmm. and you uh, admittedly uh, made the statement that this is going to be a learning, that that was going to be a learning experience for you because you didn't know a whole lot. So, my friend, I want to just let you know that the 
tides have turned. Oh, how the turntables have. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Because this is going to be an episode where you're more than likely going to be teaching me Oof. a lot more than I will be, uh, te- you know, given any kind of expertise. Because uh, when I sit down and really just think about it, I know the basic ones. Mm-hmm. But if I were to look at a list, you just sent a list, uh, a website with about 50 of them. And just going through a couple of those, I just went, oh, oh, that's him, oh, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. Yep, so yep. Uh, it'll be a lot of bands that I'm sure that, or musicians that I've heard of, that I know who they are. Mm-hmm. Even the side project, I'll probably know, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. And then you're going to go, you know, such was the case with uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big band. Everybody knows Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, it's David Grohl. Uh, oh, I had no idea, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. So today, yeah. the turntables are, you're definitely going to be probably teaching me a lot and giving me a lot of those. Well, I hope, you like, know, the, I, those wow factors. I hope with some, you know, that list that we have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I glanced through, I didn't look at all of it. But even some of those were surprising because there's bands that I, you know, bands and artists that I knew had maybe a side project, right. but then to see number three and number four or to know another band and go, holy crap, I had no idea. Right. Kind of like right there with, with Matt Cameron, I had no idea that he played for Pearl Jam. Yeah. No yeah, idea, yeah. you know. The um, Soundgarden and Temple of Dog, that makes sense because you know it's Soundgarden and Temple of Dog yeah. are. You already know Temple of Dog is Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea that he moved on to Pearl Jam from Soundgarden. You know, it's interesting, too, to think about a lot of these ones that we may have these aha moments is to think like as the bands go on and, and you see changes, they want to keep the music as authentic and to the style as right. they can. So they're going to be looking for artists that can play or have similar styles. Here's what I, here, here's one of the questions that I have is like, how often do you, and I use Red Hot Chili Peppers as an example, okay, because you have Dave Navarro who uh, made his mark in Jane's Addiction. Mm-hmm. You know, but why, why do you call him over to do an album with you when you're already one of the best bands to walk the face of the earth? And now you're bringing over somebody from a different band who is also well known. Mm-hmm. Is it, it, is it something that, uh, we're going to bring him over for this album and maybe he stays or, uh, Hey, this is the idea I have for this album, but we don't necessarily perfect the sound that we want to uh, master uh, with this album, which is going to be different from any other album. So, who do we get to make that sound? And I mean, I, I, did he fill in for someone that was sick? Or see, that's a that's a man. So while you're looking that up, you know, my thought on that is one. Um, you know, when you think from a purely artist standpoint, I think all those things you touched on are definitely valid things. I think you look more in the middle and it's say, okay, was somebody sick or somebody was unavailable? Um, but then from also from the music, the, you know, the music um, industry standpoint is, you know, maybe these guys have a contract and they're required to produce an album ever, you know, within such a time frame that they're on a time crunch and they need somebody to fill in. Or is it a... 
you know, we've seen our record sales. They're good and consistent up to this point. We have nothing that's going to risk, you know, that they're not going to sell or concerts aren't going to go. Maybe we have, you know, our friend Dave here and let's see what happens. Let's see how the fans react and maybe we'll get some of his fans to jump over with us and vice versa. And it's just a mutually beneficial thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors that can go into that or, it could have just been these guys are buddies and like, hey, dude, you know, they talked about it since they were younger, man. We got to do an album together. And then they finally were like, you know what? It's time. Let's do an album together. So I don't know if you remember when I told you that he came over and he did that one album. The one album was One Hot Minute. Mm-hmm. That was in 1995. Um, he did a couple of other songs with them. He did, uh, remember Beavis and Butthead on the soundtrack? They did Love Roller Coaster. Yep. So that was Dave Navarro. He did that. Uh, let's see here. He also did a. Uh, the band, and I'm assuming the band Red Hot Chili Peppers with Dave Navarro contributed uh, on the John Lennon song, I Found Out. Mm. Uh, oh, this is a, a tribute to John uh, album. Uh, let's see here. And then they did a song for the Twister soundtrack. Now, I read somewhere in regards to Dave Navarro's exit of Red Hot Chili Peppers, it was him that left because of the rampant drug use within Red Hot Chili Peppers. But now I'm reading, let's see here, despite mixed reviews, One Hot Minute sold over 8 million copies worldwide and produced three hit songs. Uh, Navarro toured with Jane's Addiction for their 1997 relapse tour with Flea on bass. So there's your crossover right there. Right, there's a crossover to Flea coming over to Jane's Addiction to tour with them. I wonder if he, when he toured with uh, Jane's Addiction, if he played naked at that time. Uh, Flea's a weird dude. But anyways, uh, after two years of touring on and off with Red Hot Chili Peppers and his subs- uh, subsequent heroin relapse, Navarro was fired in 1998 over creative differences. Hmm. That's That's completely different than the first thing that I read about Navarro leaving because of Red Hot Chili Peppers drug use. Well, creative differences can be anything. Right. That's like whenever, you know, you remember in, in Iron Man when they crashed a bird, mm-hmm. you know, and he said, uh, what do you, what do y'all call that? A uh, training exercise? And right. they're like, just tell them it's training exercise. I guess it's the same thing as filing for divorce for irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Yeah. So creative. So speaking of drummers and Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, uh-huh. I did. I know. I mean, you know how I am about drumming and stuff, and I. Yeah. I feel like it's anybody, whether you're a drummer, you know, you know drummers or not, or whether you're, a, you know, maybe, maybe even for people that don't realize the passion that drummers can play with and what they bring to a band. There's a Netflix documentary that Katie and I came across the other day. Okay. Um, called Count Me In. All right. That's a 2021 Netflix original documentary. That sounds like a real clever name. Yeah. For. For drummers, one, two, two, yeah, one, exactly. two, three. Okay. So they do interviews with some of the biggest drummers in history. Who's the best drummer ever? John Bonham. John's number two. Now he's number one. Yeah, John's number two. Neil can be number two. Uh, and three Neil's definitely number one. And so, uh, yeah, so it's interesting because they they interview a lot of the drummers from these big bands that were like really like influential in rock. All right. And uh, they talk about like who motivated them and who like who is their their heroes and stuff. Right. And then at the end, you have um, a drum session with um, uh, 
Lenny Kravitz's drummer, Santana's daughter. Um, you, this chick who is like kind of the, she's a small, like, I guess who, the, you know, the focus of the documentary is kind of about her a little bit, you know, right. then you have, um, uh, what's his name? Chad from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, Chad. And then you have the dude from, um, Jane's Addiction. Okay. And they all play together and like the, like a four way drum circle is really, really cool. Jane's Addiction, man. Speaking of them, they're super underrated. What a great band. I think they get like uh, Stephen Perkins. They get lost in the, I guess the nineties. So behind all the other bigger bands. One other thing to consider but, if you have like even if you're not a drummer, Taylor Hawkins is in this documentary. Oh, good. He's interviewed for it and yeah, it shows yeah. him playing. Um, Cindy Blackman, uh, Tommy Lee, Ginger Baker, just to name a few. Mick Jagger's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad Smith, Sting, uh, Nico McBrain. Who's that? He's from um, uh, Brain for Iron Maiden. He's drummer for Iron Maiden. All right. Um, Chad Smith. That's the uh, doppelganger for uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, yeah. Yeah. So let's get into this list. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So I'm going to go ahead and let you lead. So I I mean, I think an easy one to start with, one that we've touched on, you know, we don't have to go so much deeper into it. Dave Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, um, yeah. Drummer for Nirvana. And then. Then next, frontman for Foo Fighters, and for a lot of people, surprise, silently, the Queens of the Stone Age drummer. Right. And as we just saw here recently, which I've added to my playlist, uh-huh. the 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 magic little nugget you found in Probot. Oh, Probot, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Lemmy. Yeah, Lemmy from Motorhead and David Grohl. Had a good little sound to it. I liked it. It's definitely a Foo Fighters, Motorhead uh mashup for sure that's one you wouldn't think would sound i don't know i, I would que- it, i would question how good that would sound but i was very surprised imagine, so when i read that imagine let me singing like everlong <laughs> i can't do it i think it would sound horrible you know what i mean like everlong yeah let me was let me was i mean he was good no, he's so but that good. was motorhead you yeah know? you needed you needed that sound motorhead motorhead that, just had that different style dude, but so good uh, Ace of Spades. Yeah, that song is so good. Uh, when you're talking about mashups and supergroups and side projects, man, a lot of the lists that I saw were uh, bands that were in that '90s grunge, mm-hmm. like all of them. They were just incestuous. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, they uh, they were definitely cheating on their own bands with, you know, their cousins up the road, type thing. But uh, I'm not mad about it because each one of those bands in the nineties grunge area, those, you know, we'll just say the four because we don't really, uh, mud honey doesn't really count to mm-hmm. us because we don't really know who they are, but you got the four who all have their own different sound mm-hmm. and now you can bring them together like a, like a temple of the dog, mm-hmm. like a, uh, that, uh, that band that I was playing when you first walked in is called mad season. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Lane Staley. Allison Chains. It's uh, Mike McCready. Mm-hmm. He's the guitarist for Pearl Jam, and then it was the drummer for another big band. Hang on, I texted my brother about it. Uh, Screaming Trees. Hmm. Not really a Screaming Trees fan. Never really got into them. But I'm not familiar with the band. Um, you know, that was kind of a mix up between those three and then somebody else I'd, I'd never had never heard of. But 
uh, you know, you get a you get a different style of guitar in Mitch McCready to complement a beautiful grungy voice in Lane Staley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like it. I like when you know, saying you said supergroups. I think that's an important thing because yeah, these supergroups together. You know, we people talk about crossover music and side project music. I think it's you know, supergroups are easy place to start right. to get an idea. You know, I was talking about you know talking to Katie about this, you know, because um, you know one of the big things they talked about in that documentary they talked about Ringo. You know, and Ringo. You know, you're not a Beatles fan, which I, I, I'm totally okay with. Um, Ringo, <laughs> Thanks. you know, the fact that he was on a stage, it was a, di- you know, he kind of played the drums a different way and he had his own style and everybody loved him. Right. And so Katie asked the question, uh, is Ringo still making music? And I said, actually, he's not making music, but you got Ringo and, you know, Ringo's all-star band. Right. And the thing about Ringo's all-star band that, you know, if people may or may not be familiar with is it's a, it's an ever evolving band. It's like Chicago. There's uh-huh. new people coming in and out all the time. And it's a lot of times it was people that were still relevant, but that Ringo would say, Hey, do you want to come on tour, do a couple of shows with us? And it was always like a grab bag of who you were going to have. Right. So just to go through a list and, and, and just to give people an idea of why supergroups can be a great place to see these crossovers. I'm not going to name everybody here because it's insane how many members have been in Ringo okay. uh, and his all-star band. But just to give you an idea of some of the people that have been in it. Stevie Nicks, uh, Steven Tyler, obviously Ringo, Billy Preston playing piano, um, Warren Ham saxophone, Judy Collins, Christopher Cross, Joe Walsh, Billy Squire, um, John uh, Entwistle, uh, uh, Richard Page, uh, Slash, Dave Edmonds, Peter Frampton, Paul McCartney, um, Sheila E., Played drums. Okay. Um, Nils Lofgren, Mark Farner. Um, this is, I'm literally skipping like Just to five the, to ten at a to time. The huge Bruce mate. Springsteen. Um, yeah. Randy Bachman, Tim Schmidt. All Bachman these Turner that, Overdrive. I mean, I'm talking like this is, oh, yeah. just to give people an idea, like these are all members that have been in this band at some point. So to see that massive of a, a group of people, huge stars, yeah, you can say, okay, well, I don't, you know, I may not know a lot of people's side project. Well, this is the right. one right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect that's example. A, that, yeah, that's a perfect example of a super group. And that's not to say that every side project is a super group. Because no, no, no. Queens of the Stone Age, definitely not a super group. One hit. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like when you mention that because, you know, for people that may have never heard their, some of their favorite artists play with someone else right. or play a different song. They're not, you know, they're all these people have their own songs, right. so they could pick a song and say, "Hey, we're gonna play Frampton's," you know. Um, I love that. I love listening to the interpretation of a different band playing somebody else's music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like hearing uh, hearing John Mayer do "Free Fallen." Yep. It doesn't sound anything like, but it's way better. It's it's the best version. It is absolutely the best version. It doesn't sound anything like the original Tom Petty version, but it's still uh, super recognizable mm-hmm. of what is actually being played, mm-hmm. just in a different style. And I love that. So, I love the um when members or like when when people do different styles, right. And the first one we talked, we touched on this last time. Wait, time out. When they do different styles, is your favorite Machine Gun Kelly? 
when they do different styles. <laughs> a perfect example of that is not Machine Gun Kelly. A perfect example of that <laughs> would be Ice T. Okay. So yeah. people know Ice T, who is known by many, for his, but falsely for his gangster rap to be the first gangster rapper. Uh-huh. But Ice T admits that he got his style from Schoolie P, who okay. was out in Philly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was actually the second gangster rapper. Okay. But Ice T has a heavy metal band that he is the front man for. I had no idea. Called Body Count. Makes sense. Pull, see if you can find some songs with Body Count. Body Count. And this is this is heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Body Count. So members are Ice T, Ernie C, Shawnee Sean, Vincent Price, Will, Will, Ill Will, Dorsey, One of the Dead, and Little Ice. Okay, I found some uh, Body Count circa 1992. So no, this band, yeah. Formed in uh, 1990. Okay. And just play a little something. All right, this is so, called Body Count. Ice-T front-manning a heavy metal band. Let's skip ahead a little bit. Champagne and I'm living in black rain. Sounds like him. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Well, it's just one song. I know. But anyway, I could definitely deep dive into that, but it does sound like uh, Ice T for sure. Yeah, I mean, that you was can kinda... you can pick that out, but I wouldn't know to if I was listening to that on the radio. Going, oh, that's Body Count. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. No, not I was at like, all. Like, oh man, I didn't know when he rapped, he uh, used the guitars and the rock musicals. Now, one other thing that's, you know, you think about crossover styles, uh-huh. um, of course, Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice, yeah. And his short-lived rock right, rock uh, career. Right. Along with Machine Gun Kelly. Who? Exactly. Never heard of her. Um, He's the guy that Eminem killed. He did. Yeah. He did. Marked him, as the kids say. That's it. <laughs> but with people sticking to their traditional styles or people sticking to to things that they uh, they typically do a lot of times you'll see people will go from a group to solo right and they'll or they'll go from maybe like a, a solo for a small chance solo to group a la eric clapton okay yeah, Cream, yeah, yeah, right? yeah 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 um and then vice versa when you get things like sting who went from the police to sting to sting yeah. um i feel like you see a lot more of the i'm good without y'all or the agents are pushing for, and I'm good, you're good without them. I wonder the mindset of an Eric Clapton when you have had such a great career already and you're widely regarded as one of the uh, best guitarists to ever walk the face of the earth and you're doing that as a solo artist. Mm-hmm. And then you have a group come to you like, hey, we're going to form this group and we want you to uh, be the front man for this group. Like what the... What the mindset and the convincing uh, factors are going to be to get somebody to step away from wild success mm. to something that you're not going to even have the promise that it's going to be any good. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it comes. You know, there's a lot of like hidden factors with that. You know, as 
is you know is, is Clapton's agent like saying hey you you know we've we've done good on the solo thing and you know it's it's the you know the age right now of of uh is more group than solo you know right. like, think about like reverse of that look at the boy groups you know NSYNC Backstreet Boys right. you see JT Blew had up. a much bigger you know much right. bigger career solo but if you look at 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 the body of music or I should say at, at the 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 eco of music at that time, we were getting away from groups. You started to see a lot right. more of like, you know, Brittany and Christina were doing really, really well. Backstreet and NSYNC were doing really, really well. But it showed that like Christina and Brittany don't need a, a band. Right. And these groups, can you break a lead singer away and still have a success, you know, successful career? And JT was a perfect example of getting away and 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 being wildly successful. But in that boy in that boy band era, I think Justin Timberlake was an anomaly because let's look at the careers of the rest of the guys who tried to go solo from those groups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, from any boy, well, any, any boy band, ninety eight degrees. I would say that, no. I would say yeah. Ninety eight degrees had had one. Nick Lachey had a, a really good solo career. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He he had a, a a really good solo. He wasn't as good as JT. But, but you're right, right. That's, but his, but JT had he was a whole package. He could dance. He could sing. He could act. He was funny. You yeah. know, like you get him on SNL. Him and Andy Samberg are best friends. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, he had a little bit more. In his tool belt, I would say to offer, but as far as like a pure singing, like Nick Lachey had had a pretty good solo career. It was it wasn't very long, but he, he definitely had some hits. Yeah. So rank your boy bands. Um, from least to best. Yeah, yeah, go. Let's do that. Um, O Town, ninety eight degrees, In Sync, Backstreet Boys. Oh, you're a Backstreet Boys. Guy. Oh, for sure. I was In Sync, Dirty yep. Pop, Dirty Pop, Pop. That was a good one. Um. <laughs> On the on the R and B side, uh-huh. um, gotta have massive love for Jodeci. So this is where you're gonna you're gonna school me because I wasn't a big R and B guy. Mm. Love Keith Sweat back in the '90s. Loved uh, Casey and JoJo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was another one that I'm blanking on right now. But uh, yeah, not a not a uh, R Kelly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even after. You know, his recent troubles and struggles uh, with him being a horrible, horrible, horrible human being. Yep. Uh, TP2.com was, is still one of my favorite albums to listen to. You know, I just, liked all the, the MTV. They kept adding the in the closet. I, <laughs> how they were like 90 or 100. like the longest song ever written, and it was just part by part. Yeah. Um, but like, for instance, like Jodeci. Okay. So you liked Casey and JoJo, yeah, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, so Jodeci is a quartet... And the members of the quartet were uh, Devonte Swing, uh-huh. Mr. Dalvin, Casey, and JoJo. So the name Joe C was okay. a, con- a conglomeration of their names. Was that? Oh, is a con- okay. So Casey and JoJo were Casey and JoJo before there was Joe C. Yes. Or, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 And then um, trying to think who else. So yeah. So Joe C was a, a a group. It was kind of like a like an R and B super group. There was so, also so. another super group that was, I think, a group first before they all disbanded. But it was, um, dude, I just, I just lost it. I had the name of it, but I think, oh, Drew Hill, wasn't Drew Hill? Drew Hill was Cisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he broke loose from uh, from Drew Hill. Tong 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 tong. Oh, uh, I think another good one is the Isley Brothers. 
Yeah, I like so Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers are great. And then, um, uh, was it Ronald Isley? That Ron, was... Uh, Ron Isley, yeah. Ron Isley was the one that went... that He did those stuff with R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another good one, Jackson 5. Yeah. Down to, to Michael. And then even, even Tito, and you know, they had their... Mm-hmm. Their side projects. Um, I like, I'm, I'm looking at some of these best super, you know, R&B super groups. Lucy Pearl. Um, Lucy Pearl uh, formed during the Neo Soul movement. Uh, best known, uh, he, they had a member from Tribe Called Quest. Don Robinson was a member of In Vogue. And then Raphael Sadiq is a member of Tony, Tony, Tony. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. they formed a group. Uh, TGT was Tyrese, Genuine, and Tank. Genuine and Tank were real good. So you had TGT, they were good. Shalimar, a lot. Of, so Shalimar, Katie and I were joking about Shalimar. So do you remember Dave Chappelle's show when they were uh, they were doing the Rick James mm-hmm. uh, True Hollywood stories or whatever? Yeah. And he was talking about, uh, Charlie Murphy was talking about everybody was androgynous. He said, the dude that looked like a bitch was getting the most women. And they said, everybody in the club be like, oh, Shalimar got that new fine ass for the front. And they're like, that was Nikki Free, man. That's a, that's a dude. <laughs> that's a man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, apparently they were a super group uh, back in the 80s. I'm not familiar with any of their people. Um, ooh, LSG, Gerald Levert, Keith Sweat, and Johnny Gill. Yeah, okay. I like that. Um, let me see. So that's... Four artists. Got to be more than that. One one group that uh, was back in the '90s that uh, put out a very good group album, and then at least two of them had pretty solid solo careers. Was the Fugees? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Lauren Hill, Wyclef, Wyclef, and who was it? Proz. Yep. I don't think Proz did much uh, as a solo artist. But Wyclef, but Wyclef and Lauren Hill definitely massive. Definitely had great careers away from the group. I never thought that's that's a really good one. You want to know a cool story? Hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of or seen Dave Chappelle's block party. Oh yeah, have you seen that? Oh yeah. So for those that haven't, uh, Dave Chappelle throws a block party concert and he brings in Wu Tang. No, nah, it wasn't Wu Tang. It was it was all the neo soul rappers and and is Jill is Jill Scott and Erica Badu. And, I thought he had some R and B or some hip hop people. No, too. he did, but it was Common and Dead Prez. Oh, for, I, I and thought um, uh, Kanye West was there. Yeah. And the story goes that he wanted Lauren Hill to headline the event. And she agreed to headline the event, but circumstances around a contract with her record label would not allow her to come and headline this act. And so Dave Chappelle, being the genius he is, found a loophole and brought the Fugees. Mm. Smart. Genius. The Roots. Yeah, the Roots crew. Yeah, it's all those Neil Soul rappers and... and uh, Questlove, Keisha Cole. Mm-hmm. Will Cease, Big Daddy Kane, Joe Scott, Lauren Hill, Common, Kanye, Erica. Erica Badu. Def. Did you see uh, Dave host Saturday Night Live the other week? Nah, I didn't do it, but I need to, I want to watch you it. You need to go back and watch it, because guess who is the musical artist? Who? Blackstar. Oh, really? He had Blackstar. That's awesome. Yeah. And they did some funny skits. They did a skit where he brought every one of his big characters into this skit at once. Rick James was in it. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, 
Oh my God, Rick James was um, uh, Tyrone Biggums was in it. <laughs> like all these, I mean, all of his big characters were in this one skit. Um, but yeah, so who uh, else had who else had side projects that Eminem? Maybe we'd oh yeah D twelve D twelve yeah okay who else uh, Creed we talk a lot about them so Creed uh, instead of thinking like an artist and focusing on the artist that goes somewhere so Creed had when Scott Stapp left they got a new singer to come in they called the band Alter Bridge yeah now, Alter Bridge has an almost identical sound yeah they, they to really Creed do. Mark Tremonti has a very unique style of play that is like. You could pick him out just like you can pick out Santana or Jimmy or um, or you know, Dwayne Allman. You could pick you could pick him out from you know a hundred artists. Uh-huh. So what I found earlier on this list was uh, after Alter Bridge, Tremonti went on and had a band called Tremonti. Just Tremonti. Just Tremonti. Yeah, named after himself. Yeah, that's good. So it's original. If you're not if 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 you're not familiar with Alter Bridge, imagine Creed without the. Hello, hello. Yeah. It's I mean they're they're really good. Scott Stapp sucked. He was on one. Yeah. Um had NSYNC. We talked about NSYNC and JT. Let's pull up that list. That was a that, that really interesting list. I'll give you a good one that maybe you might not even know. Tell me. Uh are you familiar with the band Megadeth? Yes. Do you know who started Megadeth? No. It was uh Dave Mustaine. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know he started it. Formerly of uh, Metallica. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he got kicked out of the band, he went and started Megadeth. So, I think this is that list we talked about. This is top 53 rockers who have been, been successful in multiple bands. People we've talked about already, Dave Grohl, um, Probot, and Them Crooked Vultures. Yeah. I have to look at Them Crooked Vultures. Nikki Six, yeah. um, Slash... Many big bands: Guns N' Roses, Velvet Revolver, Slash, Miles Kennedy. Can we just talk about Velvet Revolver and how good they were? Yeah, because that was uh, Scott Weiland too. So uh, talk, Chris Chris Cornell. Talk about a uh, your favorite. Was he in there? No, he's Soundgarden, Temple Dog. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you 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 have moved on. Oh yeah. We, we talk about Velvet Revolver. I thought Velvet you, Revolver I was, wanted to comment. On so it. underrated. Yeah. No, I mean, just talk about a super group. Well, Scott Weiland's like next on the list. Yeah, Scott Weiland. He was so good. I wish he was still alive. Scott Wallen and the Wildabouts. Corey Taylor. Yeah, we've talked about him. Has before a second band, Stone, Stone Sour. Sour. Yeah, where he actually sings. He actually, I, dude, he's, he's got such a good. He's voice. A, yeah, he's oh got a great God. voice. Um, not familiar. With, I mean, yeah, Miles Kennedy. He goes to Alter Bridge, and then Slash featuring Miles Kennedy. So Miles Kennedy with the group that Scott Stapp left. Mm-hmm. And then after that, went on to join Slash. Sammy Halen, or Sammy, 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 Sammy Hagar. Sammy Van Hagar? Yeah, Van Hagar. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Chicken Foot in the Circle. I haven't heard of those. Here's one that uh, I had no idea, but I know exactly who they are, is Maynard. Yeah. Uh, for Tool, and then he went on to a perfect circle. I had no idea. How about the name of that last band right I'm there? I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's see. Of course, Scott Ian. Didn't know he was in another band, but love Scott Ian. Uh, There's Clapton, the Yardbirds, Cream, Derek yep. and the Dominoes. Brad Wilk. Yeah. Drummer for Rage, Audio Slave, and Prophets of Rage. Prophets of Rage. Um, too political for me. Was it just was it did, like was it just a couple of the guys from Rage Against the Machine? It was Rage Against the Machine. It was uh Tom Morello for sure. 
I don't remember if it was uh, if Zach De La Rosa went with or De La Rocha went with them, but it was definitely Be Real. Hmm. Um, and then there was another big name in there as well. But I mean, if you're into political rock, mm-hmm. then they're definitely for you. Mm-hmm. They, you know, but that's that seems to be the uh, motive of Tom Morello these days. Yeah. Just let me let me spew my my political rhetoric anywhere I can. And that's just, I mean, that's one reason I don't, I don't care for the man. Like, I think we talked about this band. I'm trying to pull it up. Cause I, f- I think it's a super group of sorts. I've got a real weird one pulled up right now. Um, with Gary Holt who played guitar for Slayer, but then went a completely different direction. And, <laughs> Played in the band Exodus. No. Am I thinking Genesis? You're thinking Genesis. Yeah, I'm wrong. Okay, scratch that. Uh, Derek and the Dominoes. Okay, yeah. It's a Clapton band. It's a Clapton band. Um, So Layla and other assorted love songs was one thing with what they put out. So Derek and the Dominoes, American English blues rock band formed in the 70s. Formed in 1970, Eric Clapton, Bobby Whitlock, Carl Radle, and Jim Gordon. Four members previously played together in Delaney and Bonnie and Friends during and after uh, Clapton's brief tenure with Blind Faith. Another participant at the first session as a band was George Harrison. So you did have a bit of a little super group here yeah. with Clapton. Um, that It sounded like they are just releasing old Clapton songs, but... I hate to circle back, but yeah. uh, in regards to Velvet Revolver, it looks like Velvet Revolver uh, was kind of the same premise as uh, Audio Slave, where it was Rage Against the Machine with Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, Velvet Revolver was Guns N' Roses minus mm-hmm. Axel with Scott Wayland. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I knew that they had a... Guns and Roses because the revolver and guns. Right. And so I'm looking at this list right here, and I knew that back in the day when the revolver first, you know, got mm-hmm. together. I knew that that's what it was, but I had forgotten, and this just reminded me of that. This just came up. We talked about Joan Jett, I think, on our, our women's episode, and she had a band, The Runaways. Okay. And then Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I haven't heard of Runaways. I haven't either. Um, Chad Gray. You don't you I don't I can't remember if you like Mudvayne. Uh nah, that's not that's not really a genre I'm into. Yeah, so I love Mudvayne, okay. but then he was in another band called Hell Yeah. They yeah, heard of that my brother band. my brother liked liked uh, Hell Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Um Geezer Butler, Black Sabbath, Ozzy, and then Deadland Ritual. Damon Albarn, Blur, and the Gorillas. Yeah. The Gorillas are so good. Yeah. I've got a buddy named Greg. I've talked to you about Greg before, and he loves the gorillas. Jack White. White he, Stripes, Raconteurs, so and Dead Weather. I feel like a lot of the alternative music, once you once uh, once the White Stripes hit the scene, yep. I think alternative music wasn't... Okay, let me start all over. I think Jack White had his hand in all the alternative music mm-hmm. after the White Stripes. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a band playing anything, that's who you called. Mm-hmm. You know, if you needed a uh, a lyric for this or a rhyme for that or or whatever, hey, call Jack. Okay. I feel like his name is all over that style of music in that in that time period after 
the white stripes. You know, white stripes was just him and his sister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, Josh, uh, Josh Holm, Hom, uh-huh. Queens of Stone Age, Eagles of Death Metal, and Them Crooked Vultures. Them Crooked Vultures. Now, yeah. Them Crooked Vultures, I went and looked them up. Dave Grohl, John Paul Jones, and Josh Hom. Okay. So that other band that we mentioned with Dave Grohl, the other guy was, one of the other guys was one of the guys from Queen of the Stone Age. Okay. So they... Did Queen of the Stone Age, and then those two went on to do another side project with John Paul Jones on piano. And John Paul Jones um, was with Led Freaking Zeppelin. The Yardbirds? Wait, uh, say that one more time. So John Paul Jones. Yeah, John Paul Jones was... Uh, was a pianist for, for Led Zeppelin. Yes. He, Dave Grohl, and Josh Holm, or Holm from Queen of the Stone Age... Were them crooked vultures? Okay. Speaking of the Yardbirds, that was Derek or Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guess who else was in there? Who's that? Uh, Jimmy Page. Of course. We got Lane Staley, Allison Change, and Mad Season, Vinnie Paul, mm-hmm. Pantera, and Hell Yeah. You know who's a super underrated band? Hmm. Pantera. I love Pantera. Man, I love Pantera. Dimebag Daryl is one of the greatest ever. I love Pantera. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Um, Ozzy, Black Sabbath and Ozzy. Yeah. Jimmy Page, Yardbirds and Zep. Uh, Vivian Campbell, Dio and Def Leppard. Not familiar with Dio. Philip Anselmo. God, Philip Anselmo is a... Yeah, he was good. But he's got, man, he's got Pantera, a band called Down, a band called Superjoint. A band called Philip H. and Selma and the Illegals. So he had his hand on a bunch of things. So here's something interesting you mentioned a second ago, and I'm glad you did because it's on this list also. Dave Mustaine, Metallica, and Megadeth. Which I believe is the only person to play in two of the four, original four, big four. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, Phil Anselmo. And Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker did Blink-182 plus 44. Simple creatures and simple creatures, but then the other one. Who was the other one? DeLong, mm-hmm. Tom, Tom DeLong. DeLong. He went a different route and did Angels and Airwaves, but he's not on this list. I was just looking for him. Interesting. Angels and Airwaves is uh, they're not Blink One Eighty Two, but they do they do have a Touch lot of similarities. So if you do like Blink One Eighty Two, you like Angels Andy and Airwaves. Tom Comerford. I don't know who that is. Rage, Audio Slave, Prophets of Rage. Oh, I just saw that. Bass player. Yeah, Travis Barker. Boxcar Racers Transplant. Billy Joe Armstrong. Did not know Longshot. Have you heard of the Longshot? I never Shot? heard of him. Neither have I. Were you a big... Uh, Green Day? Green Day fan? Early Green Day. Once they got super political in like the early 2000s, the uh, My Shadows Only One. That song was just way too political for me, but I do like Dookie. That album, yeah, Dookie is, was a good album. That's my childhood. Uh, yeah, that no, that I got a funny story about Dookie. Um, I don't remember what grade I was in, I may have been in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. It's one of those two. I was living in Stephenville at the time, and uh, my dad had told me before Christmas, he's like. What do you want for Christmas? I said, what I really want is a boombox. I want a CD player and some CDs. And my dad said, okay, you know, that's going to be your big gift. I'll get you a big boombox and and uh, I'll get you a CD to start you out and, and do it. And uh, he asked me, you know, give me a list of 
uh, albums that you would like. And I told him, I really don't want to give you a list. I just want Green Day Dookie. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. So come Christmas Day, open up the boombox, and there's the boombox. Happy and all excited. And then he hands, uh, he hands me a gift, and it's wrapped up, and I know it's a CD, and I'm 100% confident that it is Green Day Dookie. What was it? My brother opened his CD first, and it was Green Day Dookie. And I went, there's no way that he got me Green Day Dookie and Josh Green Day Dookie. If he did, I'm going to be kind of upset, you know? So I opened mine up, and it was Led Zeppelin in through the outdoor. So I was even happier because that started the love affair of Led Zeppelin for me and being able to uh, enjoy Led Zeppelin uh, throughout the next 30, Mm -hmm. you know, 20-some, 30 years with the old man. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I'll tell you, the first CD I ever touched as like, like actually put into a music player Uh to play music on, it was in elementary school. I remember playing that CD and also playing my uh, my black and white Game Boy on Z- playing Zelda. The big gray one? The big gray one, which yeah. I still have. Do you really? Yes, and it still works. <laughs> um, was Dookie. Dookie. Yep. I played that with my Game Boy. It was the, do you have a time? That's da, what I liked. Da, da, yeah. To me. Oh, yeah. That's what I liked. I used to try to pla- practice playing drums to that song. It oh, was yeah. very challenging. Uh, you know, if you, if you really want to start drumming... And you need something basic to mimic. You mm-hmm. just go go for the Beatles. Basic band. So suck. This this is interesting. This is musicians that fa- oh musicians fans want most back in their old bands. Okay. I, yeah, I just saw that. John Frusciante from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Joey Jordison, the drummer from Slipknot. Okay. Billy Ward going back to Black Sabbath. Uh, Steven Adler and Izzy Stradlin going back to GNR. I don't need any of these bands back. Yeah. To be you. completely honest with you. David Silvier- Silveria going back to Corn. Okay, I can do them. Uh, Peter Chris and Ace Freely going back to Kiss. Oh. Sebastian Bach going back to Skid Row. He's annoying. He's I, super annoying. I agree. Because that show, remember that show that he did? On VH1, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, he's annoying. Um, and he's ugly. Yeah, he's a funky looking dude. <laughs> Marty Freeman. Friedman, going back to Megadeth. I think uh, Megadeth had like one good song. He, like literally one good song. And I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's the one that nobody can ever get the words correct to. I'll play it. I'll play it right now as soon as it pulls up. Symphony of Destruction? That's the one. Megadeth was definitely my least favorite of the 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 original four. The big four. Yeah. I would say my number one would be... You remember this song? Oh, yeah. I would say... Fourth would be Megadeth, three would be Anthrax, two would be Slayer, and one would be Metallica. Uh, my one would just be Metallica because I wasn't into the other ones. Did you ever listen to the other ones? Uh, yeah, 
Absolutely. You don't like Raining Blood? Hmm. I never was. I never got into the the other three. Play Raining Blood for a sec. I just love this. I'd say the thing I love is that even though they were, you know, they were the four originals of this style of music, the fact that they all sounded so different. Like you play Raining Blood and like fast forward just a little bit. Right there. But out of the four of these bands, like none of them sounded like this. I hear Metallica in that. Wait for it. Metallica never had rolling drums like that. I mean, that's true, but Lars Ork was still better. I agree, but I'm saying this song is great, though. Trivia question for you. Okay. Slayer's Bodyguard. Slayer's Bodyguard. Think motorcycles. The uh, Hell's Angels? No. West Coast Choppers, Jesse James. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it was an uh, episode of West Coast Customs that made mention to that one time when I went, yo, this dude. <laughs> hey, you ain't got to be big if you got a big gun. Listen, man. Yeah. I'm a fan of Jesse James, though. I like him. So, um, some ones that we haven't talked about okay. that we should. One, we'll have to dive deep into this because neither one of us are huge fans. But the Eagles, you know, they went from, like, rock to country. Um, I did enjoy Joe Walsh solo, though. I could see that, yeah. Joe Walsh wasn't bad. Um, Darius Rucker. Yeah. Can't believe we haven't touched on him yet. Yeah. I was a big Hootie and the Blowfish fan in eighth grade. Me too, man. A lot of people think that Darius was Hootie. Darius was actually the Blowfish. Oh, was he? Hootie was the band. Yeah, Darius Rucker, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of people that I'm trying to think of artists that that jump styles. I'm, I, I I despise her music. Um, Katie and I get at each other's throats about this, but Taylor Swift, country to to pop. Yeah. Um, I also think she's one of the reasons why country is ruined is because she and Florida Georgia Line made it okay to be on both sides of the album of the the charts. So what you're saying is you are not a Swifty. No, um, but the but. fact the fact that she, here's the thing, the fact that I dislike her as much as her music as much as I do, and the fact that she's the first artist in history to hold all ten spots in the top ten at the same time infuriates me because now Katie has fuel as to see Taylor's good. No, she's not. She's popular. Popular and good are two different things. Right. In the eighties, AIDS was very popular. Not very good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, it's man. the truth, right? That is kind of hilarious. It's the truth though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fact that I mean I, I think right. it's interesting that <laughs> that Taylor has all ten spots. It just means that every song on that album 
is is a spot essentially. Listen, man. So my buddy Stephen and I, we did an episode not too long ago, and we talked about Taylor Swift because she made had made that comment about I'll stop uh, singing about my exes and and all that when my haters stop coming for me. Um, Your haters aren't coming for you. They're just making mention that you're not that good. They just they just want you to stop. And Stephen made a funny comment, but it made a lot of sense. Taylor Swift dates to break up. Yeah, I can see that. So that she can write her music. And, and I think it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's a genius business plan. Woo-hoo. Let me start dating John Mayer because I know... Eventually. I know his reputation of being scared of commitment. He even says it himself in a lot of his songs mm-hmm. uh, that he he's terrified of commitment and he's not going to like... How old is Taylor Swift? Taylor, well, I don't know. But they Let's dated see. when John was in his 30s and she was like 19. But let me start dating John Mayer, even though I know it's not going to go uh, well. She's 32. She's too old for Leo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'd but, been but I'm going to date him so I can break up and now write songs at him. Yeah. To get my popularity. At him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like how, you, like how you worded that. So, uh, I mean, she, I think she's a clown, if I'm being completely honest. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. Let's see. Uh, Beyonce. Not a fan. I mean, I'm not a fan, but, you know, she. I was, I was more a fan of Kelly Rowland. And Destiny's Child. Oh my gosh! I just thought of the yeah. I was you know I, th- I thought of a, 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 a something that kind of follows Darius, and I just got a list of people I think is really interesting. Okay. So this list was artists who have switched genres mid career. Okay. Um, and so we can go through this list. It's not terribly. The long. dude from Stained was one. Taylor Swift, country to pop. Yeah. Uh, Kate Nash, pop to punk. Okay. Kate Nash, for those that uh, or that's Kate Bush. I'm sorry, never mind. Uh, Snoop Dogg, rap to reggae to rap. Oh my gosh. Snoop Dogg to Snoop Lion. Yeah, yeah, pause. <laughs> Did you ever listen to Snoop Lion? Yeah. I, oh my God. That, horrible. He had one good song. I I don't even think he had I'm one not, good song. You're going to play it right now. No, I'm not going to play no, it. No, let's trust me because it's not Snoop by himself. It's an artist that you and I both like. If it's Bob Marley? Nope. Do it's it. Snoop. Look at this up. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion and Eddie Murphy. I'm not playing that. Just trust me, please. Oh my gosh, trash. Just trust me, please. The give, me, give me, give me a little bit of of credit here. The tr- the trash that I put on here for you. Oh, come on. What is? What are the names <laughs> of the songs? I don't know. Me, that he he has one with Miley Cyrus. Find oh Eddie Eddie Murphy oh and Snoop Lion. This is so dumb. I need you to look up the name of that song because nothing is. Pulling up with Eddie Murphy. I don't even think Eddie Murphy was funny. If I'm being completely honest. It's called Red Light. Coming up with these hot takes. It's called what? I'll just play it right here. Okay, that's fine. Because Eddie's got a really good singing voice. That's him? That's back so got back down. So that's the song. Very good song. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, Bob Dylan, folk to rock. I mean, yeah. Miley Cyrus, country to pop. Katy Perry, Christian to pop. You remember when she had a, her, she was all Christian albums? I didn't know that. Yeah. She went from Christian to ho. Yep. She kissed a girl and she liked it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the Go-Go's went from punk to pop. Lady Gaga, Broadway to pop to jazz. Oh, that's wild. Singing with Tony Bennett. Do you like Lady Gaga? Yes. I feel, I, like She's I not somebody that I actively listen to, but I can't admit that she is uh, wildly talented. Yes. Anyway. I did enjoy her Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Tina Shea. A lot of people aren't familiar with Tina Shea. She was a pop girl group called the Stunners and now sings R&B. She actually sang at UTSA, had a very big like season kickoff one of the years I was coaching, and uh-huh. she was the artist that came. Okay. Uh, Fergie. Yeah. She was in Wild Orchid pop group and then went to hip-hop. And the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember um, when she sang the national anthem and then they remixed it? Mm-hmm. That was funny. Gwen Stefani. Oh, went yeah. from ska to pop. Yeah, she did. Pink R&B to pop. Pink? They considered her R&B? R&B girl group choice. Okay. And then went to pop. Okay. Walk a flock of flame. <laughs> Hip-hop to EDM. Oh, he's doing that house stuff now? Mm-hmm. That's weird. Wheezy F baby. Please know. say the baby. Rap, rock, rap. Who is the artist? Little Lil Wayne. Oh. Wheezy F baby. Beastie Boys. Punk, punk to rap. Punk to rap. Darius Rucker. Uh, Kid Rock went from rock to country. Nelly Furtado. When the, De- when the Beastie Boys made their transition uh-huh. from punk to hip hop, it was Russell Simmons who decided this for them, and they wanted to kick their drummer out, who was an original member of the Beastie Boys mm-hmm. when they were doing punk. And Russell Simmons says, you got to go home, you got to get rid of her. And then she went on to be a famous drummer for Luscious Jackson. Hmm. So it all worked out for her once they yeah. let her go. They did not want to let her go, but Russell Simmons says this is going to go nowhere with her, so go get rid of her. And, and he was accurate. And they did. Skrillex. Remember as the lead singer from First to Last? I don't remember that. And then switched to? EDM or whatever they call it. EDM. What else? Um, the Bee Gees. My mom loved Went. The Bee Gees. Uh, they were... Uh, psychedelic and folk rock to disco. Yeah, disco. My mom loved disco music. That's My, weird. Listen to this. Michael Bolton yeah. was a hard rocker. No, he was That not. once opened for Ozzy and Crocus. <laughs> Swear to God. That's funny. Um, the birds, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I can't remember the name of their band, but I know you haven't watched that documentary I told you about, uh, Sound City. Yeah, because I'm not a fan of her. Iggy Pop. Okay. Was punk, long before he was a shirtless godfather of punk, James Osterberg was a fully clothed drummer, performed for a blues band named the Prime Movers. Mm-hmm. Then he played Chicago Blues Joints, and then switched. Katy Perry we talked about, Beastie Boys talked about, Gwen Stefani we talked about, the Go-Go's. Um, they were in the LA punk scene and then they did wave inspired feel good pop tunes, Kenny Rogers, uh, long hair, pink sunglasses and earrings in the sixties. Kenny was known as Kenny the hippie. 
mm-hmm. having already dipped into jazz and rockabilly, his rock band first edition scored a pop psychedelic hit in '67 with "Just Dropped In." I would like for you to start referring to me as Adam the Hippie. <laughs> Such Please. an abnormally long name. <laughs> the Hippie Adam. How about that? So yeah, there's uh, oh, okay. quite a few people that. <laughs> Uh, Paramore changed their style also. Vic Mensa. He's a clown. Fallout Boy changed their style. They suck. <laughs> Completely heartless. So yeah. That's uh that's I mean that's all I can think of right off the top of my head yeah. and Googling the, the internets and reliving some of these, but there's quite I, a lot. I, I learned a lot today, like I honestly, I did too. I feel like I feel like if you're going to be in a rock band, you need to be ready to cross over to different projects because the ones is not going to be enough for you. You think they get bored? Yeah. You know, picture picture this. You know, Travis Barker drumming for Blink One Eighty Two. You think he gets bored, and that's why he's got to go do this other side project. I think he gets bored, and that's why he's dating a Kardashian. Oh, my gosh. That would be boring to me. Like, in and of itself. I ordered this chicken salad, and my waited for you to come. That's how he talks now? Why did you wait? The sisters, I oh, talk to yeah. each other. Are they high all the time? They talk to each other like they've got three brain cells that are just, like, trying to, like, mash words together. And Combined? It's, and it's taking... Between the three of them? It's taking the brain cells a few minutes to gather words and put them in a... Like, I imagine, like, a factory in their heads. Who's your favorite Kardashian? Um, Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Well, my favorite one is the dead one. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> is that wrong? I like the one that Ray J beat down with his wiener. Oh, Can no. we put that in the podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll keep it, but okay. tone it down some. She got famous for... But I'm but I'm the bad guy for being a fan of the one I don't have to deal with. Well, Ray J dealt with her. Go watch, st- go watch that video. <laughs> Stop it. I told you about... Uh, he blamed uh, Chris for that, right? Oh, like, she, well, like, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah like she, he, he was, she was she, trying to say, like, blah, was, blah, blah. And he's like, I got the text where you're telling me... You're going like you're like oh this angle looks better we're gonna release this right she was one that orchestrated the, the whole movie yeah being released oh my gosh I wish they would go away for oh uh, yeah dude trust me like forever they, like as long as people are talking about them they will be around like like I wished I wished that for Paris Hilton and it happened Paris Hilton she had a genre change she went from a whore to a DJ. <laughs> what? No, she Wait, did. Can I get a? She, I, she had an album. She has an album now. Yeah, she like, had, like forever ago. So she's like, uh, like girl talk. It's like that kind of album or what? No, like um, that kind of DJ. She had a song that was. She actually went from like, war to DJ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she had a song that actually was like on the radio. You don't remember that? No. Yeah, I just remember she had a movie too. That's, oh, one night in Paris. Yeah, that's all you need. That's all you'll. <laughs> Let me see this. Paris Hilton. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, this this song right here was like on the radio, dude. It's just such a popular song. Stars are blind. You don't remember that? No, 
I listen, listen, dude. Trust me, I didn't listen to it. It was just on the radio. Listen, dude, and you know this. I listen to good music. No, turn that off. That's trash. Turn. I'm fixing to mute your mic. <laughs> song is called "Stars Are Blind." Let me t- let me tell you. You know, let me tell you what else is called. You can't sing. Yeah. Let me tell you a story that sums up the trash ness of the youth's musical tastes. Yeah. Okay. I'm at work. <clears throat> One of these little girls asked me if I liked hip hop, and I said I love hip hop. And she goes, um, who's your favorite Who's your favorite rapper? I said, my favorite hip-hop artist. Method Man. Is Method Man. Who looks yoked, by the way. I don't know if you've seen pictures Dude, of him Dude, he's recently. been working out he like a dog. Yoked. Anyway, he looks yoked. 500 pounds on video the other day. There was two other young females standing there listening to this conversation. And they went, who is that? And I was like... I shouldn't even have this conversation with you, but have you ever heard of Wu-Tang? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, there you go. He was in Wu-Tang. He's the best rapper alive. And the girl goes, no, he's not. And I was like. Please don't tell me you took the leap and asked her who she thinks is the best rapper. I made that mistake, man. Oh, God. I give you. I'm going to get hurt. This is gonna yeah, hurt. It's, it's going to hurt. I said, who who is your favorite? Who do you believe is the best rapper because who you're about to tell me is not a hip hop artist. What's well, the difference? I said, I'm not going into it. Who's your favorite rapper? Roddy Rich. I picked up my things and I walked away. <laughs> so, in the words of Bernie Mac, what's wrong with the kids these days? Oh, man. You know, I will say on one positive thing about Roddy Rich. I have a, a young man. No, that, tell your story. But well, I have, I, have, I have a young man that I treated for uh, an injury a couple of months ago, who is a you know, I I I caution to say he's a producer because he does not consider himself a producer. He makes beats, like that's and then well, he makes beats and then like you know he'll sell them to the artists and stuff. He has worked very closely with Roddy Rich and has actually made beats for a lot of his songs. Oh, really? And I've listened to some of his music and like surprisingly, I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of Roddy's rapping style, but I do like the beats that that this kid made. Yeah. They were like really like. And I was like, you know, asked him, so what, who's your favorite artist to work with? Who do you work with most?" And he said, "Roddy Rich." And um, I was like, "Well, how's that work?" And he's like, "Well, I'll come up with a beat and then I'll text Roddy." And I'm like, "So you and Roddy Rich text like on a regular basis?" He's like, "Oh yeah, man, we talk all the time." It was really cool. He's like early, you know, young twenty-something kid that just makes beats in his house in shirts, Texas. I will say this: the rappers today are. Uh, am I playing footies with you? A little bit. Okay, cool. I'm into it. Uh, the rappers today do have some pretty dope beats, but then they open your ma- open their mouths and they ruin it. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Well, it's you know it's interesting. There's um you know if you if you've never watched the the docu series on Netflix, or well, used to be on Netflix, uh, Evolution of Hip Hop. Yeah, they talked a lot about how music has evolved over the decades and how the initial early hip hop was very music heavy, not really lyric heavy, and then it started to evolve more towards like lyrics were the most important. The We've beats really slowed circle. down. We have yeah because 
your and I's favorite style of hip hop is the lyrically dense, clever, yeah, you know, wordplay. The, the double. Yeah, I sent you that video the other day where this guy had a double entendre and a triple entendre in two bars, right? Yeah. Extremely clever when it comes to what they're saying. But then it started to. I know we give these kids a hard time, and I hate to say devolve, but I would say it evolved. You know, it's it's evolved back to where the music was heavy. You know, music is a heavier piece than the words, and and I'm I'm eager then to see this next wave of lyrics because you see a touch of it with you know some of your your artists now we got you know people we've talked about, and then you see now TikTok is really like opened up a lot of of easy access to people that are a little bit more lyrically dense. Yeah. Um, there's an artist that I love. I don't know if you've heard any of his stuff. Um, I want you if just, I want you to play just the beginning of this song. Um, just to show how clever this guy is. Um, let me see. I think his name is Connor Price, which sounds exactly like a, a rap artist, right? Um, let me see if... Yes. So play... Uh, uh, let me see what songs are there. Start, start Violet. Let me see if I think that's it. No, not that. That one's good. Play the first one. Yes. Just listen to listen to the lyrics. Turn it up just a bit if you can. One hundred. Yeah. Look, they said that I couldn't do it, so I went and did it. W's only, you know I've been winning. Top of the world, the globe is. Just give it a second. If you know, you know I've been on a what. Mission, go. Okay, let's get it. Got a little time on my hands like a wristwatch. I don't got time for the breaks and the pit stop. Race through the gridlock. Take it like Chris Rock. Break to the chin. Still win. At least he's not mumbling. Got the driving. I got tunnel vision. I just hit my stride the way I run the business. I've been making paper like I'm done to miss. Let's see the end game. I got one division. Look, I don't ever bother with a critic. Hit him with a chronicle of Riddick. Boom. Bottle full of Riddling. He's all right. I listen to him. Pick it up the paper like Dunder Mifflin. Can't see like Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Look into the future, like in the, in the end game, like WandaVision. I mean, See, it's just real clever. We're fans of wordplay. Yes. Let's just call it what it is. We, yes. I mean, that's that's what it is. A good beat and clever wordplay. That's why Eminem is who Eminem is, except he has goofy Dr. Dre beats. So his wordplay makes up for those those goofy beats. Could you imagine M? I mean, well, here's the thing. M nowadays is not on as bad of beats, but... Well, it almost doesn't sound like hearing him on some of these newer beats. I it's. Can I you know. imagine? Okay, imagine this. Okay, so you and I. I don't know if you necessarily agree with me that the whoopsie the greatest rap song ever written is Nas represent. That's what I think. That's that's my. I just think it's the perfect flow the perfect words the perfect lyrics the perfect beat now imagine imagine Eminem on a, on a sick beat like this this you Dr. Dre could never come up with anything like this you know what I mean you can listen to a rap song and you can definitely pick out that's definitely West Coast and I'm speaking in regard not in regards to this but you can definitely pick out a Dre beat because it's just goofy you know what I mean but imagine Eminem 
on a on a beat like this, or on a beat like New York State of Mind, or what was the other one that I listened to the other day? It was called Spicy, I think. But whatever. I would have a hard time not calling Eminem the goat if he was on real beats. You know what I mean? I can see that. That's just me. Yeah, I can see it. Anyways. We're at an hour and 15 minutes. It's a good episode. Yeah, it was a, that was a real good episode, and we definitely did not have to stretch and uh, reach into left field to just get content time, which I'm happy about. I thought we were, if I'm going to be completely honest, only because you were going to be the one coming in with all the knowledge, not me, to where I wasn't going to... I thought I wasn't going to contribute much, but I think it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I'm glad you came up with that idea. I'm glad we executed it to the fullest. I appreciate it. But I appreciate you coming over, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Y'all like, subscribe, share. Go check out all these uh, side projects. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Hope your Thanksgivings were wonderful. Yeah, happy belated Thanksgiving because this is now the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Anyways, we'll talk to you all next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.